Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we celebrate the triumphs of people who have overcome their own life's challenges and made our world better. People who have taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host. Thank you for joining me. Well, Chad, welcome to the Lemonade Stand. I'm so excited to talk to you today. So thank I am you. thirsty and ready to drink. So let's <laughs> awesome. uh, do it. Thank you. Well, first, you can start by telling us three things about yourself. Um, I am a quadriplegic. I am happily married. And Shondell and I have four children, two of which are adopted from foreign countries. And I'm sure a couple of those things have to do with your lemon to lemonade story. You know, I, I'm going to kind of reverse this. I, um, I don't know. I, I mean, a lemon is sour and generally isn't uh, appealing to most. And lemonade is generally sugary and people love lemonade. But I, you know, often um, I, I think everything is perception. So we can go this route with lemon to lemonade. And I think that's a great flow. And I love the context of your podcast. I, I think that it's, uh, it was well thought out. And this is, this is cool. I just... Um, if I could go back and change my lemon, right, and 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 redo that to make the lemonade, I probably wouldn't change that. And so I think that is probably right up the alley of why you developed this. But I, uh, there's you know everybody, especially during this time of season in all of our lives, everybody's going through lots of lemons. And but I think that that if we could change our perception, there's a lot of opportunity during times of of lemons. And I'm just, during the season of lemons, there's a lot of opportunity. A lot of opportunity for growth, a lot, a lot of opportunity for self-reflection, a lot of opportunity for us to um, uplift, to serve other people, to engage and um, and to discover what our weaknesses are, so that we be, we can become stronger at them. You know, for me, it's been personal reflection, personal study. Um, more grateful for Shondell, my wife, and her servancy and her selflessness and willing to help me. I mean, if I've got a lemon, that's it. It's not that I'm numb. It's being genuinely grateful for her help. That's that's a different ballgame. I know we say for better or for worse when we get married, nobody plans on a love of their life helping them, right? So that's a, that's a, or, or taking care of their personal needs. How's that? I mean, having help, that's one thing. Having your spouse help you shower. I know it sounds like fun. It's not fun. And so I'm just, I'm just, so everything is perception. And I know there's a lot of people out there that can't relate to a 95% numb body. And, and uh, you know, my hands are curled and, and, and they're numb and I'm, I'm numb from the armpits down. I'm in a chair, but I can move it with my, you know, just even though I can't feel it, my hands just kind of know where to go in a manual chair. So I, I'm no longer in the electric wheelchair and it's been 21 years. But yeah, we can, we can share a little bit about that. As long as, as long as people understand that it's very relative to what they're going through politically right now, rioting. Uh, trying to, you know, protesting, um, isolation, COVID. Um, we've got earthquakes in the Salt Lake Valley. We've got, we got storms everywhere in Texas going on right now. I mean, uh, we had an airliner that uh, went in the ocean yesterday. Um, today is, what's today? January the 10th or the 11th. So yesterday we had an airliner in, in, uh, back, in the, uh, back in the Asian part of the world that landed in the ocean, taking 63 lives. I mean, it's all around us. There's lots of things that can perceived as darkness, and 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 don't get me wrong, there there is a lot of darkness. But through all that, there's there's light, a lot of light, and I hope to bring that to the surface today. Sounds perfect. You're that's just the person I wanted to talk to for this. So, so thank you. It will just cut cut right to the chase. I uh, uh, I was 27 years old, so it's been 20 years, 21 years. Um, 
Shondell and I had the two children at the time. They were three and one. Uh, they were both boys. Ace was the older of the two. Kyler was the younger. And I was in Salt Lake con con uh, doing my construction business. But my dream was not construction. My dream has always been to uh, be out um, out of the city and live on a ranch and raise elk um, and then release them in the Rocky Mountains and have people want to pay to hunt that ground. So what, what they call that is a guide. I've always wanted to, to be a guide and let people enjoy the outdoors the way that I was raised and the way that I was taught to enjoy the outdoors. So on April 3rd, uh, 2001, it was a Tuesday afternoon, I got a phone call in Salt Lake from the ranch. My wife had called me on my cell and told me that the little boy had just taken his first couple of steps. And that's a big deal for us because I, um, I mean, first steps are always a big deal, but for me, it, it's, it's a little bit beyond that. And I, I don't remember when I took my first steps, but I got pictures. I got photographs of my dad busting his chops home from work not to just see me walk. He wanted to get me out in the garage to play basketball and, and to shoot and to walk around, just shoot a little, a little tiny Nerf ball on a small little hoop that he had put in the garage. Because basketball was my dad's thing. And it, it, it was instilled in us when, when we were just started. I mean, literally from out of the womb of, of walking. But, but, you know, we had to wait to walk till we could actually shoot a foul shot or do a layup. And so I just kind of carried that on with my family. And I did that with the older boy that was three. And so we'd be, we'd been shooting every night for a year in the garage. And now that this younger boy had just taken his first couple of steps, Chandel said, you might, you know, I know you don't care about first steps, but I know you care about basketball. You might want to get home. And so I did, I mean, I got the cruise lined up and I busted it and I, I got out of there around noon or one. And I went straight to the ranch because I didn't want to go back out to the farm that night. And I went to feed the animals, which is kind of an ironic piece of the story because I fed every night, but I always took the older boy with me. That night he was not with me, which is a very good thing. I mean, right. So I always came home first, grabbed the older boy to get on the tractor with dad to go feed the elk, always. But that night I decided to go to the field first so then I could get home and not have to go back out. So I didn't come get the younger boy to feed with dad that night. I just went right to the field. Hindsight's 2020, and had that kid been with me sitting on that tractor, uh, I, I don't want to think about that. Um, so I loaded up a bale of hay to feed the animals, and in my angst to get home, I skipped a pre-op knowing that my tractor was faulty. The hydraulics were low. I knew that because the red light was flashing on my dash. It was a warning light, kind of like the warning light y'all get when your fuel tank is low and you choose not to fill it up. You just want to see how far you can get. That's the temptation I was feeling. I just, I just didn't want to spend the time. And I knew that I could get by without fixing it because I'd gotten away with it before. So there's a message for all of you right there. It's just because you get away with something and you know it's wrong doesn't make it right. And, and I learned this the hard way. I refused or chose to ignore the red light. Bail rolled over backwards because there wasn't enough oil to hold it in place. When I tapped the brakes, it landed on my body, punched my head to the steering wheel. The shaft went through my mouth breaking everything on its path. This has all been redone and it broke all the bones in my neck and severed 95% of my spinal cord. And I was found 48 minutes later that night by my wife because I wasn't answering my phone to come play ball. And she thought that I would just gotten caught up on the ranch um, doing some odds and ends jobs, which I always did, but usually it was with the younger boy. Now y'all know why it was a good thing the younger boy wasn't with me that night. Um, I never made it home to play ball with the kid. And uh, Shondell found me 
uh, and uh, she thought that I was not breathing and not alive. Um, she called 911. I was uh, found, uh, again, about 48 minutes is what they figure from the time the sun went down. So about 48 minutes to an hour is, is how long I was trapped underneath that bale. Um, it took eight men to lift that bale off of me. They didn't have any any other way of getting that bale off of me um, as it pertains to hydraulics or another tractor. So they lifted that bale of hay off my body, a bale that weighs more than a pickup truck, and uh, stabilized me, loaded me up in a helicopter, first class ticket to ICU, and I went right into surgery. And I woke up a few weeks later, and that's when I was pronounced a quadriplegic. And that's when my dad came into the room and he had uh, some good news and he had some news that was tough to hear. The good news was that he was glad that I was still with him and, uh, and that I was still here. The bad news he said was that he didn't call me a paralyzed person because he said that there were a lot of people out in the world that had full function of their bodies that were a lot more trapped than me. So I think that that might be the case today. You know, there's probably a lot of people that are listening to lemons to lemonade that feel trapped, isolated, not able to go where they want to go, do what they want to do. I know exactly what that feels like. I, mean, I know exactly what that feels like. Um, lack of freedom, lack of options at the grocery store, uh, lack of knowledge and teaching our kids as we homeschool because some of them are at, not allowed to go to school. They can't go to prom. I mean, that is true paralysis. Financially unable to make ends meet. We are at war amongst each other. Families are being torn apart because we're politically divided. We've never been, we've never had so much combustion between our families and our communities, at least in my lifetime, than we've had today. And so my dad didn't call me paralyzed because he wanted me to understand that there were a lot of people out there that were a lot worse shape than I was that are more trapped than me. But he did say that I lost all four limbs. And so that was the tough news. And then he, he gave me a call to action. He wanted me to be a better guide because that's always been my dream. And I thought, you know, I'm still thinking guide, guide, horses, getting up in the mountains, you know, casting and my hands don't work they're curled you know both of them are the same way they're just they don't i can't feel my hands at all and he's saying that he's keep, he keeps saying i can be a guide i can be a guy he said i can be a better father that's part of being a guide he said that i could be a better inspiration for my children and my wife and, and i'm still thinking horse and animals and he said you don't get this he said i i want you to be a better guide a better father a better husband a better coach to your boys in basketball with no hands and no legs and so I called this bluff. I mean, I, I just said, sir, I actually, I didn't say, sir. I, I said some other words that I really probably shouldn't say on the lemonade stand uh, podcast, but my dad heard my vocabulary and he walked out of the hospital room and, and uh, it gave me time to kind of think. Um, I, it wasn't all solved right there. I just, you know, when, you're, when your best friend leaves you and my dad is my best friend, he left me. I mean, that's... That's a dark room right there. That is true loneliness. I mean, that is that is more lonely than than just you know I feel than than, than being homeless. Although that's got to be lonely. I, I truly felt not only could I not eat food, but I couldn't even call the nurse to come in and just comfort me because my hands weren't mobile. Back. I couldn't even hit the button. So, I mean, I was left stranded. And there might be some people that are listening that have felt stranded before as well.
luckily, my dad came back in the room and said, are you ready to listen? Or are you just going to be like everybody else? Now, that's key right there. I want people that are watching their podcast to know that, that I don't want you to be like everybody else either. And I don't think God wants that. God didn't make this to be like anybody else. Comparison is is a true enemy. I mean, when I compare myself to other dads that are out there playing with their kids or compare myself to other husbands who are able to dance with their wife or whatever that might be, um, I am miserable and happy and successful and productive. Um, so please don't compare yourself. Uh, it serves us no justice at all. I've never gotten anywhere by comparing myself to somebody else. And we're not meant to be anybody else. We're, we're meant to be the best version of us that we can be. But I wasn't that way back then. My dad, he just, he came back in the room and said, are you ready to listen to me? Or are you just going to be like everybody else? I said, dad, I'm sorry that I kicked you out of the room by my vocabulary. I'm sorry that I said some bad words. I, uh, I don't say those words. And I just did because I felt like you didn't know what you're talking about. You, you, you don't know what this feels like. He said, I don't need to know what it feels like. I just know what you can do with your life and being a guide. And then he taught me some principles that would help me. Now, if you want to go to the lemonade part, here we are 21 years later, and I'm still married to the same girl. We have four children now because two are adopted. Um, and uh, I have been traveling uh, for that entire time. The ranch has grown from just where we live to 89 countries. That's a big ranch. Um, and that's another principle I think that that needs to be heard on the Lemonade Stand podcast is that sometimes I think we think it's just our lemonade stand. We gotta we gotta preach from our lemonade stand or sell our own lemonade or, or come up with our, our own recipe. And I, I think it's so much broader than that. I mean, yeah, start with that, but it's the smiles that you give to people that cross that lemonade stand, the acts of kindness and service and uplifting and and selfless services that, that guides us to open windows and open doors. And that has allowed me to travel the world and realize that the farm that I was on was small thinking. The lemonade stand that I thought was going to be a big deal, that was small thinking. There's so much more out there. And so that has taken me to uh, give and present messages of all different kinds across the world. And here we are today on this virtual platform. So a couple pieces of the puzzle to go from lemons to lemonade is we need to be adaptable. I mean, if you're not willing to be teachable, you're not willing to change the way you have done things in the past, forget about making lemonade. You're just going to have the same recipe as everybody else. And so I don't want to have the same recipe as everybody else. If I did have the same recipe, I probably wouldn't be on Zoom because everybody hates Zoom and they're tired of Zoom meetings and they probably wouldn't wear a mask because they, you know, they're just, they're not going to listen to anybody. They're just, and so when I'm willing to do things that are a little bit different, like wear a shirt that's a couple sizes too big. And I think you can see I got on three shirts today. Not, I just, I'm just trying to protect my body from getting red marks and soreness. And so I wear three layers and my clothes are all two sizes too big so that I can get them on and sit them on by myself. When Shondell doesn't help me. And, 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 and again, she likes to help me. That's, that's been the toughest thing for me. You know, we talk about the accident, but my biggest lemon right now, or at least, you know, in the last eight months or nine months with COVID, I guess we're coming up on a year. Forget that. So we're just too fast. My biggest lemon has not been being numb. It's been 
you know, I've been traveling so much that I've been doing things by myself and it takes me a while, you know, no hands, you know, so there's not that dexterity to button up a shirt or to grab pants and pull them up and hurry and tie a shoe and get dressed in five. It just doesn't happen for me. It takes a couple hours and I don't mind that. Some people get up in the morning and they drink coffee for a couple hours. Some people shower for a couple hours. Some people watch Judge Judy for a couple hours and the price is right. I just get dressed, you know. Um, so for me, uh, Shondell helping me, she has me dress in five minutes. She wants to do that for me and then have me go out and have come follow me lessons and read scriptures with the kids. Can you believe that? She wants me to spend time with my kids, which is the reason that I got hurt in the first place. And so I've had to, and I'm learning to still be, uh, and I've come a long, long way. I, I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. I, I, I do think I'm getting better and I feel it. And I feel it. And Chandel recognizes it and she thanks me for it. But those first few months of COVID, holy cow. I mean, I think even my office is ready to disown me. I had to come out, I just was, you know, I haven't been in the office for, you know, even when I came home, I didn't want to come out in the office because I'd just been traveling. And so I just wanted to kind of drive around the ranch and enjoy that. But now I'm out in the office every day and this is different for everybody that's here. You know, Leslie's in the office. And it's just, it's been, it's been a new world and we're having to learn to work together and be side by side and visit, and chat and talk and, you know, it's a different ball game when we work somebody every day. So, and, and all day long. And so anyway, that's the gist of the story. And that's kind of how things have happened. So. Wow. And it's funny that you can relate now with so many other people. They're all stuck home with their spouses. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like everybody yeah. had to go work from home. Yeah. So. You're either going to have, yeah. I, I heard, I heard that. So you're going to have more kids. You're going to get divorced. The divorce <laughs> between this guy. I get, we're not going to have more kids in my house, but you know, I, those arguments have been a little bit, a uh, little bit more ambiguous, but, but we're doing, we're doing better. We are doing a lot better. And shondell has been phenomenal and the office has been phenomenal and uh we've embraced this virtual platform we're on zoom today i'll have um i am wearing a button-up shirt i've got to get ready for a couple presentations this afternoon and that's kind of, we'll be in the studio and so i won't be here in the office but i'll be next door in the studio and so we'll um we'll be sharing that way so it's enable us to still reach people and and do it virtually um corporations and associations and so we'll be doing, I think, one of each today. And so I'm excited about that. And we still grow on the ranch. So we still have the ranch today. And those two little boys are now 23 and 21, I believe. And, and then there's a gap. And um, uh, we adopted a couple younger kids. Uh, Gracie is now a junior in high school. And Caleb is 12. Uh, Gracie's from Guatemala. And Caleb's from Ethiopia. Wow. So they've been blessings in our life. And uh, yeah. You know, we wouldn't be this, you know, we'd be, we'd be empty nesters right now, yeah. which is not a bad gig either, I thought, but Gracie and Caleb bring us so much happiness and so much joy. I mean, Caleb, I was just getting, right before you and I started, uh, Leslie, who was sitting with me here in the office, um, she was commenting on how great of a kid Caleb is. And I said, what are you talking about? I mean, he is a great kid, but you know, I, and she said, well, you know, the office is clean and the radio and I have Gracie and Caleb clean the office. Um, that's part of their job and, and their weekly tour. They got to clean the office. And she said, I know Caleb did this because all the radios are stacked up in a straight stack and nobody else does it that way. She said, he's such a great, and then she made a comment where she, I think she's, um, it's one of her relatives. It's the assistant principal or something at Caleb's school. And um, she was talking to her relative about Caleb and, and they were talking about 
how and he's and he's probably the only dark kid in his school. Um, I know he's the only dark kid in our church, and they were just commenting on how how selfless and how and I know he's that way because the way he's around me, he's very protective of me. Um, he he is um, very very protective, and so I, I think he's that same way in school. And and you know, he's, again, he's the only dark dark little boy in his school, and people just love him and they embrace him. And he has a little bit of an Ethiopian accent, but he's doing well. He's doing very, very well. So that's so amazing. I love it. That's amazing. You're very blessed. And I love that you can see how blessed you are. That's the cool I, part. I can that's, we, have to, we just have to remember that. I right? always yeah. have to remember that. So yeah, we are. I just, I don't know. You're just such an inspiration to me whenever I hear anything that you say and even follow you on Facebook and your positive things. And I just appreciate the fact that you'd even take time to talk to me and share your insight is amazing. So thank you. Love your work. Love what you do. I'm excited to see the podcast come out. That's great. Um, and then if anybody has any questions or would like to contact us um, just to talk, we're here. We are here. So I love that. You were very open to being able to talk with me. And that has been such an honor for me as well. I just really appreciate that. It's nice to be able to talk to someone who doesn't think that they're above everyone else, you know, sure. because yeah, you I'm find that a lot. Like I don't have time for the little people, you know? Oh, and so and I'm four foot two and I love to talk to bigger people and talk to people. So I, I totally agree. I, I, um, nobody is above anybody. And I, yeah. I, um, I, you know, God's not going to say, so how many countries did you go to? Right. How many people in your eye? He's not going to ask me. That. He is going to ask me, what did you do with your lemon? We're all going to be asked that, right? So God's not going to say, what church did you go to? Um, did you read these scriptures? He's not going to ask me any of that. Because I have met people, Heidi, all this world that have been so kind and so selfless and so discipleship oriented towards me. And they don't even call him by the same name that I do. And I don't think he cares. In fact, I know he doesn't care. Um, so I am, you know, I am in awe by the fact that we are all, I think I've read a verse where it says, I am no respecter of persons, which means no one better than the other, just because you might've been a president of a country or, you know, had this kind of an accolade or got this award or this trophy, or, you know, you were a class athlete or, you know, won the MVP award in the NBA. None of that makes None of that matters. None of that. I'm not saying that those things aren't important while we're here and that it's not nice to accomplish goals. And so goals are great. But in the long run, in the grand scheme of things, it's just about us asking for forgiveness, being kind to our neighbors and serving wherever we can. And if we can do those three or four things right there, uh, I don't know that you can ask for a better life. You know, you don't have to walk to do that. You don't have to have hands to do that. So anyway. Oh, you're an amazing example of that. Thank you. I just, I know we all get really down on ourselves and our situations. And I just love that you're like, well, I don't have arms and legs and I could still do it. So I, I love that example because we need that reminder. Well, it's been a pleasure. And thanks for Thank having you. me on. Thank you. And I want to be in touch. So for sure. You know how to reach me. It. You're still here? Well, then click on the next episode to get more lemonade.